0: for so very long it's been
1: george tell how it's
2: gonna be
0: but in the end the commission only said we
3: figured it 17 different ways and every time we figure it was no good because no matter
4: how we figured it but no matter how you figure it out i still don't get as much as anybody else somebody don't like the way we figured it so now there's only one way to figure
5: it and that is every man for himself
2: this is the end. It's the
5: end of the world.
1: It's the end of the
0: world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up. Mm-hmm. Looks OK. The world survives into another day. now, the rain is gone. And the way forward goes through, as it must, the Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. Yeah, a number of times I heard these
6: guys'
5: voices
6: over
0: and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help.
1: This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My
0: client says it's 1240. Yeah. Plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at kejoam.com and on the kejo app. It's The Joe Beaver Show
5: indeed it is good morning everybody and welcome to one of the bigger weeks in oregon state football and oregon state athletics history Mm -hmm. and there's an end on it (laughs) have a nice week we'll see you saturday (laughs) (laughs) all right where are we going john it is a huge week i i I haven't had as much anticipation for a game for a long time Uh, one you build into these things in every game, every game, no matter what, even in 2017 going 1-11, and game day comes, you're excited to have a chance right. to watch the Beavers take the field and play a game, Right. but after the win on Saturday and spending the rest of the weekend trying to heal, not fully there yet, resting up, still trying to get back in full fettle because I'm going to need it come Saturday. <laughs> At 430. The storylines, the, the preparation for Washington. The game itself, whether there were any other circumstances around it. it. and we all know what's happening tomorrow in Whitman County. And on that note, Alan Thayer will join us Wednesday to break down whatever it is we may hear. Coming out of the preliminary injunction hearing in Whitman County ruled upon by Judge Leiby on Tuesday. President Murphy says, as she said to Ron Callan uh, on Saturday here, I expect to win. That's Alan sure. Thayer's expectations. But Alan then says he expects Washington to appeal it to the state Supreme Court, and that could take another month or so before we get full clarity. But Alan says he would even feel good about that, too. Yeah, The Supreme Court taking a look at the bylaws and the precedents and, and how things have gotten to this point. So President Murphy and others may expect to win in a month, but we're not going to know for sure on that part of it until after the appeal is heard, if indeed it goes the Beavs and Coog's way tomorrow, and we expect it to in the days to come. I imagine that since we've not heard anything,
6: unless there's an 11th hour, that the mediation Yeah, I, didn't, I don't
5: uh, think there's a settlement yet, mm-hmm. no, I, I don't believe so. Uh, there could be, I suppose, an 11th That would be too right. on the line. Right. But whatever, that that aside, that is as big a story as the game itself in a very real sense come Saturday. Yeah. But this season, Johnny, has brought us to this point of being a top 10 team, hosting the number five team in the country at Research Stadium Saturday afternoon. The Huskies coming to town. I'm not sure what your thoughts are. I want to hear them what tumwater mitchell and Mitchell's going to be first up here today we're lining up special guests for the week in one of the biggest weeks in beaver football history nigel burton tomorrow dave softy Muller and brock heward both on thursday alan thayer on wednesday we're making an effort to get uh, a women's basketball player on after their great win yesterday you're leaving thursday for Sioux Falls, South Dakota, in a Beaver game against Nebraska, it's a busy, interesting, intriguing week. But before we get to Andy and Mitchell, Johnny, what are your thoughts about what unfolded Saturday? And do you, I, I, I've, I've, I'm almost a tingle with anticipation for a game Saturday afternoon. I, I just, I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. I feel good mm-hmm. about where the Beavers are. We're going to talk about Washington and their. They're great, but they are, they've are they been riding a fine line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. And we're even going to get to, uh, I'm not sure what to call it now, uh, bad call gate. Uh, Washington got help again with an yeah. a, a offensive pass interference call against Utah. It's not as dramatic as mm-hmm. the call against Arizona State. Arizona State, which was as egregious and brutal as a call can be. Clive McDonald would yell forever, no, 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 you're very wrong, you're very wrong, that call is brutal, brutal, as my high school American military history teacher said in a JV Cottage Grove game in 75, brutal! He's yelling at the official from the box at Curran Field in the Grove. That call against Arizona State, the picking up of the flag and no interference, was brutal, one of the worst I've ever seen. Yep. This one the other day was almost as bad not quite as consequential or dramatic in terms of where it happened on the field but you saw Kyle Woodingham and Bryson Barnes and others just with that utter look of astonishment and incredulity on their faces <laughs> offensive pass interference from out of nowhere was called against a Utah and that, tight end that worries me because I know
6: on a, on a conspiracy theory level a couple of weeks ago even earlier in the year I think one caller brought up hey watch out for For the uh, uh, you know the the calls to go Washington's way, I think they may pick Washington to be their team to ride the back Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. the Pac-12 or into the uh, the Final Four. So keep an eye on you know Washington getting favored calls, these kinds of things. This was way back at the beginning of the year for this upcoming game this Saturday, and we're like, well, yeah, that might be something to think of. Well,
5: that call you're referring to came in after the Arizona State debacle in which. And I can't remember, I can't remember who exactly made the call. Well, I do remember, though, another call that okay. or, early.
6: or text early that kind of thought the setup might, you know, be that they'll, they'll go with one, somebody, certainly, but I think Washington was at the top of their mind. Either way. Yeah. The bottom line is, is now you've got two really bad calls that favor Washington. Right. In some some pretty big games. Now the ASU game didn't start out to be a big game, but they were losing, so they got some help. Mm-hmm. In this one, I didn't see it. I will look it up and, and see it. But um, the one call against in the Washington game that didn't turn out to be a factor was dropping the ball on the one yard line. That was making it. <laughs> shades rounds. shades of Chad Johnson. Yeah, and 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 if I remember correctly. A Utah player did it at home against Oregon, and Oregon picked it up and ran it back right. 99 yards. Now, unbelievable. Touchdown. Yeah, I mean, so it's it happens.
5: It, it does.
6: But 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 Washington coming in, oh my goodness! Now I picked Utah to upset them, and I was I, I don't feel as good now as I did a week ago, because they 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 scored so many points on that Utah defense. That defense is incredible.
5: It's a good defense. Utah offensively in the first half was brilliant. Though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 306 yards. Which so, is great for them. Yeah. But but then I give credit to Washington and their co-D coordinators mm-hmm. and what they did in the second half in shutting Bryson Barnes yeah. and the running everything down. I mean, that was a complete set of adjustments and w- all the other things that happened because Utah was moving with 28 points. Yeah, 306 yards of offense in the first half. Didn't score in the second half. Yeah, wow. brilliant defensive adjustments. But I still like the fact that they scored 28. I also like the fact that Arizona State in Seattle, Arizona State in Seattle, Mm -hmm. held Penix and company to 288 yards of total offense. So many of the games
6: in in all of the conference this year have been close, even when we thought they'd be blowouts until Saturday night i I had no idea that Oregon State would dominate in such fashion especially after the two road games where they didn't play their best they didn't get the best positioning and calls uh, on how they prepped for it it looked like I mean they just could have been better you play like you do against Stanford you beat Arizona by three touchdowns so it's really hard to take but it's okay they're back they're playing unbelievable football and You've got Washington at home. I think it's going to be a pick 'em or a one-point game. I think Washington right now is a one-point favorite. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the place going nuts and uh it's just it's it's incredible, but I've been saying all along this year I like the Beavers more than Washington because I liked them last year. The Beaver defense not as solid as it was last year, but at the same time
5: I still I it's, it's a toss up for me it is well last year i mean last year's game was painful and the beavers went for some fourth downs and didn't get him came away right. with no points in a couple of situations down deep in washington right, territory right. in the first half when they could have added to the and lead hung around hung around hung around <clears throat> stopped panics for the most part held him in check
6: until the last drive of the game
5: and he drove from his own three in a yeah. tie game yeah. to milk the clock and uh, as the beavers had done the year before to washington here. Ran the clock out. Peyton Henry kicked a field goal. Game over. And this year's offense is so much better for Oregon State. Yes. Uh, no
6: disrespect to Ben, but but well, just so much better. Well, and if you if you had a quarterback last year that can drive you and get you some 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 loose up the defense so that they can't focus completely on Damian Martinez and Deshaun Fenwick, you win
5: that game in Seattle. The Beavers were the ranked team in that game. The Huskies it has the headline. Huskies upset number 24, Oregon State. I mean, the Beavers were favored. It was Mm -hmm. in Seattle. And the Beavs threw for 66 yards in that game. (sighs) It was so hard. Damian rushed for 107. Deshaun Fenwick had two touchdowns. All of this to to bring up that I'm already fairly deep into the prep for the week. (laughs) With this kind of knowledge and uh, facts and figures and memories rolling through my mind, We want to hear from the rest of you for the rest of the hour. Jonathan at noon, a session with Sarah thereafter, and maybe a few more open phone opportunities. But now is the time to check in. There was a palpable sense, and and I don't want this to carry – I don't want to get too deep here because I know we could probably take texts and tweets and faces and books and calls for the rest of the week – John Kenzano wrote a column about it, calling out ESPN for not sending game yeah. day here when that news began to kind of rumble through the stadium when it was learned during <laughs> the course of the game with Stanford. There was, a, I was getting texts and messages and it was almost like long failed sense of disappointment. <clears throat> Excuse me, still trying to heal up for Saturday. <clears throat> but I'm over that. I got I, I had to kind of work through it. I, I, it felt like a... It felt a little disappointing to me, but many of you were already saying, forget it. You know, had we done a corks and, uh, Forks and Corks poll last week, and maybe we should have. Mm-hmm. Do you want them or don't want them? I'm not sure how that would have gone. Yeah, well, D- Dwight James made a good point. Now, don't jump on me, Beaver fan. I'm not saying well, Kenzano this. called him out badly, so what did Dwight say?
6: Dwight made a really good point, and that is Beaver fans spent a lot of time ripping on ESPN. Mm-hmm. You know, for well, right. for the teardown, do you really? Ex- are you really surprised they aren't coming? Yeah. Meaning, meaning, I, I didn't even think about that until he. Oh. I saw that tweet and I thought, of course, there. You know, you, you go. Everybody says, oh, you know, mm-hmm. screw ESPN mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. signs and get up to Washington and yeah, and block their signs and do all these things, and then when they don't come here, people get mad.
5: Yeah, I know. I, I know. understand both sides. Yeah, I mean, Canzano framed that as. ESPN just essentially said anything but Corvallis, fellas. Yeah. In the executive but meeting rooms, anything but Corvallis because of that type of spirit you're talking about. However, I'll say this it is a an awful
6: look for ESPN, mm-hmm. for their shows, for their administration. Uh it is an awful look that you have five versus ten and you're not there.
5: Yeah, and Kenzano also made the point, and maybe if any of you want to jump in on that, I'm more in let's move into Okay, how do you beat the Huskies, and how good is this Husky right, team, right. and how good are the Beavers at home, and the Reser advantage, all of whatever your sense of the game and the event is, and Tuesday in Whitman County, whatever you want to talk about, we're going to get to Andy in just a second. But John did say, and I think this is rightly so, ESPN could have chosen to be more of a journalistic entity, yeah. even though I know we those days feel long gone, and sure. the way the show... In a sense, it's always been, but even as it's evolved mm-hmm. or devolved through the years. But the journalistic sense of things, they've done some great work on the show. That's what I said Saturday when we were learning they're not coming. Right. The sense of disappointment is game day has been a big event. They've done a great job in establishing that brand and being an event. And when they come, it's a big deal. Yeah. Granted, I mean, it, it just has been. Maybe it slipped a little bit. But it's still a big deal, and, and I think our campus would have shown up well. Right. It would have been a fun event for Beaver Nation and our students. There may have been some hostilities. There may have been some signs. Yeah, Canzano said, and this is why I think he's right, they could have chosen to take a, okay, you, you hear, we, this isn't our fault. Or mm-hmm. they, they could have even had a discussion, a, a genuine discussion on the show. Why all the booing? Well, Oregon State, this great program, this great community, Mm -hmm. this great college town has been left behind. And there are innumerable reasons that we will now talk about here on the show. Right. That's, I think John said, that's where ESPN may have missed and Fox and others by not taking it on. Yeah. Now, they don't want to own their own culpability in it, probably. But I do think they could even make an argument from their standpoint. Right. Say, now, look. Someone else is a bigger problem. Fox. Right. Yeah, well, Fox. But, I mean, anybody could take it on and say, we we didn't create this. They could argue that we didn't create this. Right. They could. They could. They could take an angle and try to, in a sense, have an, a, an apologist on behalf of both those networks and say, it ain't our fault mismanagement at the commissioner's level in your conference mm-hmm. and these various opportunities that were presented along the way yeah maybe in the end some culpability could be laid at ours and others but it's for you to say that it's fox and espn's fault period i mean both of those shows could take the issue on and argue against that part. yeah
6: and before we go to andy yeah. uh, just a quick thought that um i understand that that fowler and herb street are calling the game on ABC. How did you come to that understanding? Well, um, so I was texted that, texted that this morning from somebody.
5: <laughs> okay, yeah, I heard that yesterday. I'm not sure it's official until the notes are released. Well, which exactly. Any time. That's but, right. But, but I believe that I was to be true. tipped
6: off that by someone
5: who. Mm. I believe you're yeah. right, John. All right. So, 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 th- so that's kind of
6: cool. coming. <laughs> that, yes, and and also <clears throat> that was on the heels uh, this morning of me talking about Doug and I talking about. Uh, the fact that, okay, they're not here, and it's really it's really bad optic for them. Mm-hmm. One would imagine that the Husky-Beaver game will be one of their mainline discussions. They're not going to oh, do yeah, their, their yeah. first three or four segments like I always do on their game on James Madison. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that. They can't. They have to do talk and break down the Husky-Beaver game for much of the show. And, oh, by the way, isn't this great?
5: Look at these James mm-hmm. Madison fans big game of the week no, I, oregon state I, and washington it is biggest game in the country yeah this week the top matchup in the country i believe is there any other top 10 matchup on well was the going to be what uh somebody in tennessee, tennessee and tennessee, tennessee got boat race they're not top 10 anyway they so, got beat bad yeah. so that kind of eliminated them and, and right. this is the biggest one so andy and mitchell's been hanging on since the start of the show open phones if you want to react to the snub by espn do you care <laughs> It, it, does it just fuel even more motivation we'll start with andy on whatever's on his mind and hope to hear from more of you as we await jonathan at noon today in the jack and Ginny wilborn media room but it's a big game week more, i felt excitement about a game 2008 2008 and 9 mm-hmm. for games late in the year this is the first time i've kind of felt this like this about a single game since those those three yeah. years in particular Let's go to Andy and Mitchell. Andy, hello.
7: Morning, Mike and John. Yeah, I'll just piggyback off your sentiments, Mike. I'm all I'm all in on Washington. The game day thing was a little little disappointing, but took me a few seconds to digest and I really I really don't care that much. I think it actually Mm -hmm. just adds fuel to the fire and I I think TJ did a great job on the postgame show. I mean, usually we say he's still young, that's his fault, but I'm starting to wonder, it might not be his fault that he's young. And he's not a bad kid. So um, I told him kid. he's an honorary beaver now um, yes. with the takes and going after the machine of ESPN. Um, it, it was purely well, what, intentional.
5: Yeah, get, we'll get TJ on in a moment to see what he said because I didn't hear the show uh, by the time he came on. If you want to summarize in a nutshell, Andy, what, what was TJ's take?
7: Well, he was just basically saying, kind of like what John was—that it—it was. That it, it was there's, he said, "There's no conspiracy here. There's no nothing going on. It's it's just straight up intentional. They don't want to be here. They don't want to face <laughs> right. the music and and the crowd that they would be waiting for them, the hornet's nest, so to speak." And okay. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue argue with that. So yeah, um, probably. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll let him speak. <clears throat> yeah, I'll let him speak more to that. But I, I definitely agree with the sentiments that it doesn't bother me, and for you, Mike, I think you know you can just rest easy, knowing that your last interaction with the the game day crew in its purest form was that market of choice when we was still able to do his shtick, and and you can leave it yeah. there.
5: Well put. I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll have that memory, won't I? Yes. Thank you for that, Andy. Thanks for remembering that. By the way, <laughs> yeah. you bet, you bet. And then,
7: so moving ahead, really, I just want to say, and I, I've you, I've been solid on this from the beginning. We are not losing in racer. I feel supremely confident, and I want to throw out this number to you guys. I, I crunched them a little bit today, as I like to do once in a while. 12.8, that would be the points per game we are giving up inside of Reser this year. And I say that, full respect to Washington, they will, without a doubt, be the best offense that comes in to Reser this season. They're going mm-hmm. to be there. They're elite. They're good. Pennix can spin the football as good as anyone I've seen. But I say that just because the contrast, I mean, we are a completely different team home and away and, and we're not bad on the road, but we're more middling, you know, mm-hmm. at home, we are elite. We are a CFP type team uh, in that stadium. And so, The reason I bring that up is, okay, it's 12.8. I fully expect Washington to, you know, score 13 or more points. I'm not not saying that. Um, And, you know, maybe they won't. But 12.8. So do they get 20? Do they get 30? As we creep into 30, I'd be surprised if they put that up on us at home. And my rebuttal to that would be, I think we can score 40 on this team. So I just I love the matchup. I said it on the postgame show to TJ. I mean, I'm not the person who usually is. I mean, supremely confident. I believe in the Beavers. I feel like I have a good pulse on where they're at. But I feel supremely confident about this game. And I'll echo it again, what I said on Saturday night. I believe we not only win, but by more than one possession.
5: Hmm. Hmm. Andy, I like the way you're thinking. I do too. I've got you. Beavers 40, Washington 13. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's That's it and stone. That's it and stone. (laughs) andy great to hear from you thanks for getting us started today we appreciate it
8: thanks guys now right, we got john next
5: we've got john coming up next on the downward dog phone line we'll roll th- roll through some texts as we go today the university honda text line 497-5356 sarah will be along at twelve twenty five 25 or so after jonathan's presser i heard from several people that that they went to the game at Reese for the first time ever on Saturday for the Stanford game and said, just what an unbelievable experience. The atmosphere, the Mm -hmm. crowd, the Mm -hmm. lights, the show. They'd never been to Reese in the new configuration. This was their first game. And they just walked away saying, wow, that was fun. It was my wife's wife's first trip to it. What did she think? Loved it. Oh, gosh. Absolutely loved it. Let's go to uh, John on the Downward Dog phone line. John, good morning. Morning, John. Excuse me. Uh, I've
9: got a little different take on Why they're not coming? Um, I think for a show like that, you know that thing. All pu- for that kind of thing, all publicity, is good publicity. And I would bet you, if everything if there was nothing else going on, um, that they, they probably would have loved to come out here. Even even you know, getting you know a lot of people objecting, it's good publicity. You know, I'm sure they like that. I think it goes beyond that. I think they're all worried about legalities. You know, and you come out and you and and Yes, there would be, you know, certainly a sentiment expressed nationally on their thing on Oregon State side. I think they're worried about future legal things. There's already something in the courts. And I know a couple of friends of mine who know a fair amount about this stuff. They may well be up for tampering and, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, antitrust charges, all kinds of things. And I, I think yeah. I'll cut through their legal department told, them that we don't want to go out there now.
5: Yeah. I think that may be in play as well, John. I'm not going to disagree with you, but I still think that if they are the college football show and have been for a generation, that they could have worked their way journalistically through it without tipping their hand, without, without even acknowledging culpability. You know what I mean? They could have taken this game, the matchup, or just stayed with the game itself and not even touched on those other matters, even though that's the elephant in the room. It right. has been all year. Right. Even so, they could have said, we have the best matchup in college football in Corvallis, Oregon, this weekend, and we're going. That's where we belong. And treated the game itself with that kind of respect and stayed away from some of the issues, even if that might have been gutless in its own right or viewed as, oh, they wouldn't even go there. Well, maybe they were under advisement not to go there. I still think, I agree with Canzano, they missed an opportunity.
9: Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I fully agree with you. And I uh... I still, I'll bet you that the crew wouldn't mind to come, and I just think that the higher ups, you know, when it comes to legalities and big time mm-hmm. money and stuff, I just think that those sometimes trump, or the kinds of things that we, that you're talking about, which are pretty logical. And I'm, I just think there's more to this than necessarily them just being afraid of a little bad publicity.
5: That's an interesting point, John, because you you never know. Maybe the the lawyers and the people at the yeah. high levels are saying. Herbie or somebody might want to try to settle the crowd down by say, "Look, we wanted to, or we don't want you," <laughs> right, right. you know, and right. and and say something that could be used against them later. Maybe yeah. that's what you're talking exactly. about. Right. Yeah.
6: That's smart because that's like <clears throat> playing chess, and they're thinking. And John, you're thinking steps ahead because right now only we bring up antitrust; <laughs> nobody else is talking about it, and that may be down the road. But as it is right now, we're just dealing with, can we get it to be the PAC-2, get control, all of that. That comes out tomorrow and then pushed off for maybe another month or two from the uh, Washington Supreme Court, but antitrust. But as John, you're pointing out, Maybe ESPN is way ahead of the game saying, hey, listen, (laughs) for anything down the road, let's just avoid that.
5: That could well be. Exactly. But the game itself, John, the game itself could have carried the day because it's as big a game. It's the biggest game in the Beaver Washington series ever. Yeah. Oh, oh, maybe the last one for a while, but it's the biggest.
9: And the fact that they're putting on a game between two teams that have no national consequence, practically you know i think it's counterproductive to
5: what they want to be honest yeah thank you john
6: good to hear from you sir thanks for the call john now i'll be shocked i'll really be shocked right now Mm -hmm. i'm not it's like oh wow look at that chickens they don't want to deal with it okay that i got over that saturday night Mm -hmm. i would be beyond shocked if our game is not the highlight, the main game. Like they always have a main game that yeah, yeah. that in every segment they do when they move the guys from the panel over to the big board, <laughs> they're doing the same thing. Right. They're analyzing the game. They're just trying to do it in different ways. But it's always the one game that they focus on, and then they get into the other games. Yeah. If, if the <clears throat> Beavers and the Huskies
5: are not the main focus of that show, uh, yeah. I'll be I'll be blown away. Let's take a break, Doc, so we can take care of some business. We'll get to text and love to hear from more of you on the Downward Dog phone line as we await Jonathan Smith. A Monday, press availability with so much writing on this Saturday. The anticipation uh, is palpable today, and it, it, it's felt that way ever since you knew you were taking care of business against Stanford. And ooh, the Huskies, finally. We can talk about it next week. Well, th- next week has become this week. It's here what are your thoughts? 497 on the Joe Beaver Show on Joe Radio.
8: Experience tailgating, hunting, and traveling in your own recreational vehicle from Power RV. Stop by and see our inventory of high quality travel trailers, fifth wheel, and toy haulers. Power RV is the number one Wildwood RV dealer in Oregon and Idaho. And now we are a new Genesis Supreme dealer. Whether you need sales, service, or parts, choose Power RV. We sell fun and we deliver. Easy to find, minutes east of Salem on Highway 22, exit 13 in Omsville. Online at powerrvcenter.com.
0: We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl! Family entertainment for young and old. Clean and friendly, that's Highland Bowl. Bring your party, let the good times roll. Great food, good fun, that's Highland Bowl. We set them up, you knock them down.
1: Highland Bowl! North Night Street, Corvallis. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Call or stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right.
10: CCB 96278.
1: Equipped
8: from front to rear with industry-leading, easy-to-use features, Kubota B-Series tractors are the total package. With high horsepower and excellent durability and implements that easily attach and detach, Kubota B-Series tractors can do anything in any season. See Lynn Benton Tractor in tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information.
1: Benton Tractor, we're still doing business the American.
10: The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom, full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves.
5: Touchdown, Beaver!
1: If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. KEJO,
0: 1240.
5: We have a couple of calls lined up on the Downward Dog phone line. And, John, I was going to play it for you uh, (laughs) off the air, but we got busy with other matters here in the Jack and Jenny Wilborn media room awaiting the arrival of Oregon State head football coach Jonathan Smith. We'll have a session with Sarah thereafter. But before we get to Harold and Tumwater, Mm -hmm. we want to – I just want to listen. It's about 40 seconds of a bite that caught my attention as I saw – And absolutely brutal. I mean, brutal. Not as bad as the call against Arizona State Mm -hmm. when the Husky defender grabbed hold of the jersey twice and is holding on and they pick up the flag for pass interference. And a couple of plays later, Mishael Powell goes 89 yards for essentially the the play that sealed the game Mm -hmm. for Washington in their own house where they gained 288 yards of offense against Arizona State's D. So because of that, I look at that and say, well... Anything's on then. Anything's possible, right? If Washington State needs, if Washington needs a pick six in their own house to beat Arizona State yeah, every earlier game in the year, matters. every game, it's all on. Yep. But Arizona State might have won that game without that ridiculous pickup of the flag. So then this past Saturday, Utah gets a first down in a drive where they have a chance to take, you know, score and win the game. Mm-hmm. Now they were still in their own territory, so it's not as egregious as the other but a pass to the tight end. It, here, here is This is how uh, uh, the broadcast crew, which I believe was Brock Huard and Jason, is it Jason Benetti? Yes. I think they do a good job. Jason Benetti and Brock Huard. Mm-hmm. Brock will join us later in the week uh, here on the Joe Beaver Show. But here, let's just listen to the their call of this play.
8: There is a marker in. Once again, 15 taken penalties so far in this game. It's
5: interference. Offense number 47. 15-yard penalty. Replay second down.
0: It's on Suga Taranga, and it's been a very physical day, Brock. Yeah, Kyle Whittingham can't believe it, and frankly, I can't either. For everything that we have seen here, and this is on Chipotala, everything, everything that we have, we have seen with oh. all of the contact
8: that's pass interference,
5: that's shocking to my senses, actually. Yeah, that's shocking wow. to my sense. I mean, it's an incredibly bad call. I mean, just unbelievably bad. Mm-hmm. And I hate to be the one that, that, because we, I've tried to steer for but the but those who have called and said, "Hey, you better be up two scores, or you're in trouble against yeah, these." Yeah, that's
6: jokers. right. Right. I believe that.
5: Well, you know, I just that worries me a, a tad based on the Arizona State and Utah precedents and games at Husky Stadium. Maybe it helps that you're here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, play to the crowd a little bit. Oh, I yeah. mean, who knows? But still, those calls are very suspicious in nature. The not the picking up of the flag against Arizona State and the calling of offensive pass interference against Utah's tight end that was that was just god awful. I don't use that term very often, but mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. so. Let's get to the phone, start with Harold with Tom Water on deck. Harold, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show.
11: Uh, good morning. Uh, one thing, somebody said something about it, antitrust. And I, I remember the first conversation you had with John Thayer. The one thing that he said that stuck in my mind is that he was curious to know when they start taking disposition, he's curious to know as when did the SC president know that they were going to the big 10 because she put the kibosh on the expansion of the pac 12. And I think that those TV stations are definitely afraid of this lawsuit. If they get in there where they can start taking despositions right. and they go right. after the, after the TV stations to get depositions mm-hmm. and, uh, Thayer was also saying that the law firm that represents Oregon State has a large antitrust department.
5: Mm-hmm.
11: mm-hmm. And, hey, I'm uh, telling I, you, I, Harold,
5: I, you, you, you may indeed be right, and Alan, Alan Thayer will uh, join us Wednesday at 1130 to talk about whatever he thinks you know will have played out in Whitman County the day before, and we'll get his uh, sharp legal mind on all of that come Wednesday here on the show. <laughs> Harold, sure. thank you for the yeah. Go, anything else, Harold?
11: Sure, sure. Interesting to listen to him, isn't it?
5: Yes, and, it is. Plus the
11: fact that those ref, those referees, they don't even try to show, not show their bias anymore.
5: <laughs> I mean, those two calls alone. Just, I'm generally not. Well, I'm well, not tied those uh, there, but just,
11: just go back and think about some of the calls made on Oregon State mm-hmm. going back, yeah, even to the Spot beginning eight. of this year.
5: Yeah, and Spotgate too in Seattle back in uh, a couple of times. Was yeah. there one last year too? There may have been. Oh, yeah. I, I don't quite remember. Hey, Harold, thank you for the call and and good stuff. Thank good you. Point. You take uh, care. Yeah, we look forward to talking to Alan. Let's head north to uh, to Tumwater. There was a guy being recruited by the Beavers. A lot of recruits on campus this weekend, Dave and. Somebody was walking by with Tumwater High School on his chest, and <laughs> I wanted to stop and engage the young man for a moment, but I was in a race <laughs> to get back up to the booth. So I didn't, but it was part of a fun atmosphere here Saturday against Stanford. Dave, good a- uh, good morning. What's on your mind?
12: Uh, good morning,
5: gentlemen. not surprised,
12: uh, uh, Mike, uh, the, as the saying around here is uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts are Tumwater winning football. And uh, we rolled again uh, this past uh, Friday night in the Class 2. Uh, Looks like we'll be uh, on on a track for the title game. So uh, I'm going to emphasize the media side of this equation, Mike, and uh, I hope you bear with me because this might end up being one of those calls. Uh, But uh, first of all, Andy, PJ's post-game call and show after the game Saturday night was epic, the all-time best. It was so long. I got to across the Thurston County line. Nice. I stayed until about the two minute minute two two minute point of the fourth quarter. listened to the whole post game show, the call in show, and that was the original idea behind my calling. We need a post game call in show. <laughs> TJ did an epic job. Good. Okay. To hear. So, um, my theme. One of my themes this year is that something. Bigger than football is a foot. And, and and this it could come to a culmination this week. It might go to appeal. But what's going on is part of a larger media blackout of Oregon State now, it would have been the Koops had the positions been transposed, would have been the same. So I'm told, for example, of course I was on the road, that at the halftime of the Oregon SC game, Fox went to highlights. There was not a single highlight of the Oregon State beatdown of Stanford earlier mm-hmm. that day. I noticed that, too. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 they've got dirtier hands. The, the Fox has a more proximate relationship to the demise of the conference. Yes. But the yeah. overarching functionality lies directly at the feet of ESPN. So mm-hmm. when I heard, when, when I got onto the, when I turned on the post-game show and heard Ron asking the players about it. Uh, My first reaction was elation, because among other things, this can be used tactically in the short Mm -hmm. run by Coach Smith for motivation. But more importantly, gentlemen, and you two figure in on this, I'm just going to advertise the direction right now. The two of you figure into this. There is a larger strategic objective and uh, narratives, and this will, this will, will culminate with Softy Mahler coming on. So I hope you give me the line to get to that point, Mike. Um, we are in a war of narratives. And uh, the blackouts are part of that. I, I was elated that game day would be because there my sense would have a game day would have come. There would have been oh, we made it to the mountain top. We made it to the summit. I think there would have been a letdown in Beaver Nation as a whole, Mm -hmm. and with the program, if game Mm -hmm. day had come here, you can check the tape. I called in Saturday, and I said, I am thrilled that game day snubbed this because it's part of the overall uh, media blackout. Besides which, yes, at one time, game day was a big deal, but it's become a caricature of itself, especially with that that clown. uh,
5: (laughs) McAfee.
12: uh, McAfee. And Lee mm-hmm. Corso's pathetic state, um, and all the best talent has left that has left that show. Fowler himself, Aaron Andrews, Tom Rinaldi, Gene Wojciechowski, David Pollock, Bear—they're all gone. It's a yeah. clown show. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll I'll just I'll just end with this. So you're going to, I'm disappointed, Mike. You're going to have Mahler on, on. I have no problem with Brock Hewitt. He is a great broadcaster and a great husky. I'm disappointed you're having Mahler on this year, because he's not a broad. He is a broadcaster in the technical sense. He's on a radio station. He is a propagandist. Mm-hmm. And it will be particularly unfortunate if the dialogue gets to him shedding some crocodile tears about what happened to Oregon State and the coup. Because I promise you this, Mike, regardless of the outcome Saturday night on the Husky game, the Husky haunts, post-game show, he is going to be mocking Corvallis. He's going to be thankful he never has to go to that town again. And for you to bring him on your show this week, I think, is, is, is exceptional poor judgment. There I said it. I believe it's poor judgment. You should have Ian Furness on on Wednesday and Thursday. He can give you every bit the aspect of the Husky perspective because he's in that market. And he can give you the perspective on the Cougar Nation response to the lawsuit on Tuesday. So thanks for giving me the air, the line, the courtesy for letting me say what's truly on my mind. I'll just repeat it in closing. Having Mahler on this week of any week is a profound mistake, and I'm disappointed you've decided to do so.
5: Okay, Dave, thank you. Great to hear from you. Good call. Softy Mahler will be on Thursday, as will Brock Huard. Anybody else want to agree with Dave on that? Mike in Seattle, anybody else? I have nothing to apologize for, nor will I. It is not exceptionally poor judgment, Dave. I utterly disagree with you on that. Because he is a guy in the middle of husky country who... Has a show on every day, one of the more popular shows in the history of Seattle Sports Radio. I like Dave. He's been a friend. The hostility between Washington and Oregon is a different kind of thing. I've never felt that coming back this way. Softy has always been a friend to this show. And to me, I'm on his show every year this time of year. So, you know, you, you may say that he may, when he leaves and Husky honks, you know, trash Corvallis. I'm glad I'm never going. We don't know that for sure. And I don't think that he exactly feels that way. And even if he did, that's his his opinion. In the meantime, I want to talk to Dave, not so much about, aren't you glad, Dave, this is your last trip to Corvallis, as much as tell me about Arizona State and how Penix only threw for, you know, two picks, 275. You gained 288, rushed for 13 yards in that game. I mean, what? What happened that game? What about all these fine line games? How nervous are you about coming down here to play the Beavers? That, those are the angles I want to talk about a guy who lives, breathes Washington football more than anybody I know. So I don't think it's exceptionally poor judgment for a game of this magnitude to have a guy who's covered the Huskies as closely as anybody in that market forever. Now, I like your idea, Dave, about Ian Furness, and we may indeed want to come back to Ian about the coog reaction to whatever takes place tuesday in whitman county that's a good idea but johnny i don't think we need to apologize for having softy on on thursday i think that uh he might be right in that
6: uh, maybe it's a shtick or not but i think he might be right about making fun of corvallis when it's over maybe not yeah. I, d- I don't
5: know he said what you know when the beavers beat the huskies in 20 uh, when the huskies beat and cheap shot at marcus wheaton in 2012 yeah he said i've never been more embarrassed in my whole life when the Husky fans rush Century Link mm. Field. He said to rush the oh, field yeah. after a win over, over Oregon, Oregon State. State. That's the most embarrassing look I've ever seen. You know, right? <laughs> so, he has it in him. He has it in his DNA and in his uh, his uh, anima, his soul, and yeah. how he conveys himself to trash almost any opponent, anybody other than the purple and gold of his beloved it. Huskies but i like the guy I what i have... hope
6: what i hope <clears throat> i don't hear from yeah. him though is any excuses anything that that he would agree that that the the shirt pull was
5: was it oh good, yeah yeah you know i, I just please be, right. be honest and say yeah we st- we dodged a bullet there and he might also you know just say hey too bad for you guys you yeah. know coogs and bees yeah i kind of feel bad for you but too bad i don't know we'll ask him yeah. about it all and <clears throat> i guess what dave is saying no matter what he says to us being a You know a congenial enough person and and maybe if we have had a relationship i know he and mike riley were very close through the years and he spoke very highly of mike and has on this show off and on through the years we're going to give it a shot and see what he has to say but uh, i i won't apologize for having him on dave i'm sorry that you feel that way we'll take a break we'll come back Uh, we're awaiting jonathan smith if you have any reaction to, to that or anything else, we'll get to some texts and more as we await Coach Smith in one of the biggest weeks in Oregon State football and athletics history. This week, November uh, the, the November uh, 18th game week. One of the biggest ever, right here on Joe Radio.
1: Well, it's the weekend. I was just settling in to enjoy a beaver
5: football game when I heard a horrible sound. When are you going to start working on that hardwood floor in the den? We can't use the room until it's done. I would, but I don't have all
6: the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent a floor sander, a floor nailer, and everything you need at Philomath Rental. And they're open seven days a week, so you can get out there today. Darn you, Philomath Rental.
1: Work smarter, not harder
8: with Rental. Free guac? Not just any guacamole. Qdoba's guac is made fresh every day with avocados from Mexico and grown with love. Free queso? Not just any queso, but Qdoba's mouth-watering three-cheese queso. Qdoba doesn't shy away from guac and queso. Add guac and queso to any entree free all day, every day. Qdoba Mexican Eats, making the world a flavorful place without charging extra.
10: The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom, full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves.
1: Touchdown Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. As a locally owned company
6: for 24 years, The Barbers is excited to support the beavers and youth athletics throughout the area. Come in and get the works, a full service experience including a precise haircut, a relaxing shampoo, scalp massage, and hot leather neck shave. When it comes to men's grooming, nothing beats a true barbershop experience. The Barbers are now doing same day appointments, so stop by and get yourself ready for game day. Find a location near you at thebarbersonline.com. The Barbers, where guys go for great cuts.
1: Here in the mid Valley, we're a people that work hard and play hard. So your home appliances have to be ready for anything. And the best place to buy quality appliances and experience top-rated service from the point of purchase to installation and during times of service is Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. Go to Kellenberger's.com for more information. Kellenberger's Appliance in Lebanon at 21 South Main Street, where you'll find professional, courteous,
0: and knowledgeable people.
2: Joe radio
5: awaiting Oregon state head football coach Jonathan Smith. He'll be up here at noon. Uh, I, you know, maybe perhaps I'm engaging in exceptionally poor judgment as the phrase goes and inviting softy Mahler on this Thursday. He'll be on along with Brock Huard and really looking forward to the perspective of both. And there'll be different kinds of perspectives, perhaps, although with softy, generally speaking, we don't engage in Uh, barbs and shots back and forth. It's just never been the nature of the relationship that I think Softy's had with Oregon State or that I've had with him. Now, when it's Oregon-Washington week, they go at it. It's pretty entertaining. Gonzano gets him on, and Softy just goes about how much he hates Oregon. (laughs) That will not be the tenor and the tone with Dave come Thursday. And for whatever it's worth, Dave, uh, just been informed by Sean Scheffler, who handles uh, Jonathan Smith's weekly press availabilities Jonathan himself will be on with softy today at 520 on KJR in Seattle oh, so Jonathan has always liked softy and they've had a good relationship and g- he goes on Softy's show every year too I I know it's a little different world and so that's not exceptionally poor judgment I hope in your mind on Jonathan or Shepler's part but you know, again it's sometimes over the years even with the, the rhetoric that can get a little bit uh, heated and insulting and all of that. There's also relationships and friendships, and a lot of it is shtick and entertainment. And Jonathan and Softy and Jonathan's four years with Chris Peterson there as the OC had a good relationship with Dave and continues to have it, mm-hmm. and is going on his show tonight at five twenty. I just set my time. My time in Seattle. Try and listen to it online. Um, should we go to? John yeah, and let's Tig- go to John and Tigerd before Coach Smith arrives here today in the Jack and Jenny Wilborn media room. Hello, John.
13: Hey Mike, hey John. Hey I just wanna just kind of piggybacking off of what Dave said. No but I mean Softy I listen to him every once in a while, but when you had Ian Furness on uh, I believe it was Thursday the second and you were talking about the lawsuit and what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I decided, hey, I'll listen I listen to this show every once in a while. But um so Softy was making fun of you guys a little bit with your because Ian Ian mentioned that he was on there. Softie was telling Ian that Kurt Schultz was an embarrassment if I was a was yeah. dad I'd be having him fired, and, but then, mm-hmm. um, Ian mentioned that he was on your show, and then Softy made his hick voice, mean the Joe Bayva show, and then yeah. he started talking he goes, doesn't it sound like Parker's in a closet or like five hundred feet away when he's talking to you, kind of thing, so it's just, it just it kind of irritated me a little bit, but then I mm-hmm. thought you know that's kind of his stick a little bit too, kind yeah, of um a little bit, yeah, so. So, but I just want to warn you guys on that. No, but, but anyway, no. That's, but no it's just- that's interesting.
5: That's interesting. Yeah, that's disappointing to hear, based on the communications we've had through the years. But it does—it's disappointing, but not terribly surprising, because no, I exactly. do think with him, it is all about the shtick and the show, mm-hmm. and this is who I am. <clears throat> and so, you know, I mean, I—I've been on his show many times, and he's never said anything to me about, hey, could you hold the phone a little closer or whatever <laughs> else. So.
9: Oh,
13: you know, no, exactly. Yes, you know. I kinda, I yeah, so I kind of, yeah. I kind of, after a while, I kind of. I... I'd come down a little bit after a little bit, but, you know, I think <laughs> the world of you guys and listen to you guys a lot, man. So, in fact, and I think just another, one more point. So, I, I was in uh, Buffalo Niagara last week, so I downloaded all the podcasts from last week and listened to them on the flight here. My wife and I listened to them. Uh, Brent Berry, I'm, I'm, old, I'm nine years old than Brett Berry, but I was older an average student at Oregon State. So, we had a juvenile delinquency class together, <laughs> and he asked me to take notes for him when he was on away games. So, hmm. I would take notes when I'm getting to him. I mean, I remember John was talking, I believe it was on Friday the 3rd, about him shooting free throws underhand, mentioned it to TJ. And um, so I was at the game with Cal when Jason Kidd and Lamont Murray played for Cal. And we sat up in the corner of the student section, and he shot one underhand that clanked off the back of the rim and rolled off. And the guy behind me yelled out, and it was just dead quiet, if you would shoot him like a normal person, you might make him. And Brent was looking right at me. And in class the next day, I said, Brent, you got to know that wasn't me to yell about. He goes, oh, I know, John. So, <laughs> just like, That's so, funny. Just, wow just, but it was just, it was fun. And he was a great guy. He taught me, I don't know that he'd know who I was now, but he would talk to me the rest of the, I mean, he'd always come up and say hi to me. So it's just a great guy. So, But, but I enjoyed the interview, all the interviews you had with everybody Stephen Jackson, everybody last year, Jamie Wisner. Uh They were fantastic. And thank, thanks for having those podcasts and making my flight go by a lot faster. I'm sorry.
5: John, thank you for, for uh, spending time with yeah. us on the cross country flight. And I thought Brent, I mean, all of the Hall of Famers were great and it was so wonderful to see them. But Brent, my goodness, what a homecoming for him! And and he was uh, all in, you know, uh, coming to Gill, coming on the air with me during the men's basketball broadcast against Troy, jumping on wherever he could. I grabbed I him. I thought he the, w-
6: in the tailgate show. Oh yeah, he jumped on. He out was with you. right there, and uh, he was talking to Doug's sister, and
5: mm-hmm. I'm like. Get, get, get. Give him to us. Yes, and then he came on and did it five minutes. It was great. He was great and, and so insightful and appreciative. And I just thought he was one of the big hits of uh, of a great week last week it with was, the Hall of Famers.
1: Uh,
6: who's who of Oregon State sports last Saturday night at the game? I couldn't believe how many people were there. I didn't even know that Dennis Erickson was yeah, there.
5: Yeah, let's get Ron Callen in here for a minute. We while we wait, Jonathan Smith will be here in just a second. We'll have a session with I, Sarah. We, we don't
6: have a connection
5: here. Oh, we don't have a third man. So Because the third man is... Uh...
6: Actually, you know what?
5: Um, yeah, <laughs> we, we
6: can. No, it's going into there. Yeah, and that's yeah, taped down. That's taped down. Okay,
5: well, Ronnie, hang on then. Hold on, though. Uh, you, I just want to commend him for the photograph. Now, Carl <laughs> Masdom also was there, and Sarah uh-huh. Alcano was kind of... But Ron, talk about waylaying people. You look like a professional... Like a true... Like a... Uh, I mean, you do a lot of things with your phone and in social media, and I mean, it's amazing to me what you do, but you got the shot of the weekend, I thought, with Steven Jackson between Dennis Erickson and Mike Riley. That was the
6: only way that I knew that Dennis was at the game
5: Saturday night.
6: I mean, it was unbelievable.
5: It was really nice to hear them interact, too. I thought Dennis and Mike talking about each other and the vision for this place and how special it was.
6: I think, did they...
5: Yeah, I think they great.
6: uploaded that. I'm going to go back and listen to that from Learfield. Yeah, I think that uploaded But that.
5: you had, uh, I mean, you had the photograph, but you had on our air during the broadcast Saturday, Mike, Stephen, and Coach Erickson together. That's one of the great moments we've ever had during a Beaver broadcast. That's amazing. Good I, job, man. Good job.
6: Being yeah. And being in the press box, uh, I don't have headphones on. Right. Or I'm listening to the Internet. And, of course, we can't hear the radio. I don't hear any of it. I don't hear anything outside either.
5: But... Um, and then the hustle, I mean, this guy, nobody hustles more than uh, than Ron. In, in getting all of you, uh, Jamie Wisner, uh, Gabby Hansen, when they were introduced, you're you're going back and forth with uh, different people during the course of the broadcast. So I just want to say thank you for the excellent work. Well, shoot, you could have just work. stood there and said, oh, okay, you're next,
6: you're, <coughs> next, you're next. There were so many s- former Beaver stars there.
5: We're going to have Andrew Goodwin has reached out to us. I'm going to ask you here, Ron. He doesn't have a microphone on, but you can uh, you can uh, share your thoughts on this. Great win for the women's basketball team yesterday. Mm-hmm. Andrew said you want a women's player on your show tomorrow or this week, and of course we said yes. Who should we get? You had Talia on in the post game, but who else might be a good candidate? I
0: think a good story would be, of course, Reagan Beers with another double double. Yeah, mm-hmm. We
5: haven't had her yet. We right. did have Kelsey Reese on last right. week. Lily so.
0: Hansford, okay. Down. Bleeding oh. has to leave the court. Bleeding.
5: Oh, my goodness. Okay. Le- well, oh we've got some go. choices then. There Thank you, go. Ron. Good job. Right. Good win Thanks, for the Beavs yesterday. The men playing. Tomorrow night. Appalachian State. I have a text yes, for you. So do I. And I've, I have a whole article on it. Okay, that It's but an issue. Hold a- on. It's a deal itself in Boone and in Appalachian country. They uh, had they had a poll put out a while back about and, it. Yeah, and uh, Facebook. Uh, I think there were like three thousand respondents, seventy-five percent of which said it's Appalachia, Appalachia, not Appalachia. Okay, well there but was
6: some Discovery Channel, and they were breaking it down and pronouncing it as Appalachia. I know.
5: Uh, I know Appalachia. Yeah, but but it's one of those Kerr and Corvallis things, maybe in that. If somebody says, "Hey, well, you know, I grew up in Curvallis. Right. I've, I've always loved Curvallis. Right. Curvallis. Cur means you're a real local. You, right. I mean, you're your heart and soul local. And you've if you say been here Curvallis, for a long time. Exactly. Whereas, according to this one big dive, deep, a deep dive into it, this whole the politics of pronunciation, and <laughs> there's a whole article that I came across. On the World Wide Web about the, you know, how to pronounce it. <laughs> it was literally yeah. about pronunciation. It was about Appalach... No, it was about specifically Appala- Appalachian State or Appalachia. Huh. And Apple. when we grew up, apparently there was some sort of series in the late 60s that didn't... And, and a national sort of series on the Appalachian Valley and uh-huh. the people of the Appalachian Mountains and that didn't show that part of the world in the best Of possible Uh lights and the people the locals were mad saying well it's not Appalachia anyway it's Appalachia. So it's been been a back and forth deal many you know it both both ways are acceptable certainly but by the way we can afford this
6: time for this debate because we're waiting we're in a holding (laughs) pattern for
5: Jonathan. Jonathan will be here anytime now but anyway we play according to my lights Appalachian State tomorrow night at Gill. You've got a game Friday night in Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. Actually, Saturday afternoon. Saturday. I'm sorry. 12 12.
6: 1230, which means that the game will be over. Plenty of time for us to get somewhere, maybe a, a bar with a bunch of big screens or whatever, to watch the uh, the game this weekend. And to be flying back the next day? No, 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 oh. no. We're staying there and then flying directly to New oh, York. Oh, you're going
5: to New York from Sioux from Falls. From Sioux
6: Falls. I believe until the next day. So plenty of time to watch the game. I'm, you know, upset that I can't be here and see the I atmosphere. But, but, I mean, hey, I get to go do basketball. And, um, in uh, Sioux Falls. Sioux and Falls. Then and the, then the, the what is it called? Uh, Brooklyn's. The Barclays um, Center. Barclay Center. Yeah. Good for you, Johnny. Now, I was with Craig's team back when the Barclays Center was brand new. And the tournament we played in was actually held at the old, um, it was in New Jersey, uh, next to MetLife Stadium. Down at the Meadowlands, where the Nets used to play mm-hmm. back in the day, so we missed the Barclays Center by one year, and I was kind of hoping it would be at uh, Madison Square yeah, Garden, yeah. but still, Barkley Center. They'll open up with Baylor there, and then play either Pitt
5: or Florida in, in another. I'm excited bracket. for you to get to to go up yeah. to uh, to go on this trip. I I do know what it's like to, I mean you. You'd love to be at Husky. I mean, at Munster yeah. Stadium Saturday sure, night for the sure. Bears and Huskies. It's um, but but the team and Coach Tinkle, excuse me, will be all in. You'll oh, watch yeah. it together. Oh,
6: yeah, it'll be a blast. It'll be a blast, and and uh, we play Nebraska on Saturday at this uh, venue called the Pentagon, where in Sioux Falls, I guess they built this so they could bring in teams to showcase and mm-hmm. have their locals. Be able to see big-time college basketball Baylor's already played there and um, so we'll be there on a Saturday afternoon and then the Barclays Center the following week Wednesday Thanksgiving Day off and then we play Friday at the Barclays Center in two preseason
5: NIT games before the Beavers come back home you're missing thus the two potentially biggest games in Oregon <laughs> State football history because if you win against Washington this Saturday then, then you go the next week with a shot. Now, based on everything I've read and heard, let's just say, for beautiful argument's sake, mm-hmm. you'll win them both. Well, then you're in the Pac-12 title game. Mm-hmm. It,
6: no, if if Utah this week beats Arizona, then you're in the title game as either the number one or two spot team.
5: Well, okay, that that, that is true, but it's not all just Utah. If Arizona happens to beat Utah, you're not done because the Territorial Cup has suddenly taken on greater interest and hope and shape based on what they did with Washington yeah, and Seattle right. and the win at UCLA. Right, be so good. that game in Tempe now is in play. It's in play for helping Oregon State. Exactly. So if you don't get it done. If Utah doesn't. Right. Then
6: home, you still have. You still have hope. Uh, actually, a little bit more than hope. It was a pretty good opportunity and chance there for Arizona State to win that game. To get that that loss that would make it uh, Oregon State, Arizona, three losses. or Yeah, that's that right. No, they already have three. They beat us. The Beavers lose to well, Oregon. No, Let's but, say you've got yeah. three losses. You win the tiebreaker
5: if they end up with the same amount of losses. Well, they have. T- it, that but but you, you win, win out, and you're in. You're absolutely no No, no you're not. How, you, how not? Arizona only has two conference losses. If they went out and the Beavers went out in a three-way tie, they go. That would give Oregon two losses. Well, they're so going to get another loss. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. You don't. It's not automatic. Winning out doesn't get you there. You do need a little help. That's why it would have been good if Dion and Prime, our favorite team in America, would have won their game in Boulder. On yeah, it Saturday. was
6: close and came yeah. down to a game-winning field goal, which, is, I mean, things just didn't go our way when it came to other games, but very close. But there's
5: still two possibilities, and Arizona's been a, an amazing story. Oh, yeah. And by the way, what do you guys – we're waiting coach Jonathan will be here anytime now so we don't want to break and let's see yeah, until... we're going to keep things here but let's bring TJ in for a moment while we await coach Smith TJ jump in here for a second you uh, have been commended for your epic uh, postgame show and call in talk show. Uh, from Dave from Tumwater, who just said you bridged him all the way home. I want to know into why. Thurston Ooh. County. But what was your opener that you were also praised for what you said right at the beginning about the whole game day snafu? Well,
8: it, I I think I just uh, I thought this when John and I were talking about it in the press box, and it just carried it into the post game show. And people were thinking like, oh, like there is a conspiracy of why ESPN is actually not coming here. And, and but I'm I'm thinking it's it's not a conspiracy. That like the only logical reason of why they wouldn't show up to Corvallis is that that would be it because if this was taking place anywhere else in any other conference you, you know they would be there like it's not yeah. a mystery so right. uh, you just gotta I, I would say you just gotta say what it is like tell it how it is that that is mm-hmm. how it is
5: how were the phone
6: calls? I mean was I mean everybody must have been joyful with the big, the big victory.
8: Good yeah, it was good. It, so I I think what Dave from Tumwater is referencing there at the end, Merrill Jr who likes to who who will always like to call in last so he gets the um, the <laughs> longest amount of of runtime possible because there's no one behind him. Mm-hmm. I think he's the one who who carried Dave all the way home to to uh, Tumwater and Merrill Jr was uh, talking I think for the final 15 minutes of the show which was uh <laughs> he he, he definitely had uh, he had plenty to say but it was good people were uh, people were in uh, in a good mood
6: yeah well it was it was honestly a surprising blowout in in the respect that Stanford had been playing better every team in the conference was playing each other seemingly even up oregon state had a blowout earlier this year but not in conference play and they controlled from the yeah. moment that game started, and TJ and I and Brendan, we were sitting there just going, "That mm-hmm. did not just happen." Especially on the Fenwick hurdle, that was pretty good. It was were just, you still there for the Fenwick hurdle? Yeah, I no, saw. I had left yeah. at that point.
8: I saw. <laughs> no, I saw that. It, it was just. I thought it was so important that they had to look better offensively. Like they had to,
6: and they did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, man, just a, a domination from every aspect of that game. All right, I think Jonathan yep. is in hey, uh, the Hey, TJ, building.
5: thank you. Good work. Thank you for that. Uh, coach Smith uh, is here in uh, the start of a, a busy and exciting week. And, TJ, call me right away program. if there's and, any issues because I am for know. OSU Athletics, Whitman County, tomorrow. Huge week, and Coach Smith takes the podium, and uh, we'll uh, bring See, head coach Jonathan Smith on to the I'm Joe Beaver Show as we get ready for the Beavers and Huskies. Saturday at 4.30, Jonathan taking a little off the air question from Nick Daschle. And then we'll soon step up to the microphone here in the Jack and Ginny Wilborn media room with Coach Smith.
3: Okay. Uh, I want to start with uh, congratulations to Coach Dalby, Oregon State men's soccer, making the NCAA tournament, hosting this Thursday. So wishing them the the best of luck in that game. Um, Again, typical Monday, kind of recapping Saturday's game against Stanford. Uh, You know, just a lot of light, a lot to like in um, both sides of the ball. Defensively flying around, creating some turnovers, getting in the backfield. Thought those turnovers early really made a difference, get our crowd into it. Um, offensively pretty efficient um, in the run game, pass game, explosive plays. Uh, I did you know, point out to the team these, these vitally important fourth down plays. Uh, you know, The first one we go for on our own side of the field, convert that thing, turn it into points. First drive of the second half. Fourth and five from our own thirty-five, wind didn't didn't feel awesome about the kick. They go out there and and get the thing done and turn that into points. And so I bring that up to the team because the t- team we're about to play is really good on fourth down. And so separating things that way, um, you know, do want to kind of take this moment to be able to thank Beaver Nation, season ticket holders, our crowd, our fans. The people who have been supporting us throughout this season, headed to our last home game, and uh, they've made a difference to Two years of sellouts and uh, do do count on this one being being raucous and special Aaron Reeser with energy and, and the place being packed because we're going to need everything we can get against this this opponent. You know, Washington's doing a playing the game at the highest level you can. Haven't lost yet. Uh, really good on both sides. Well coached. You know, Coach DeBoer's done a, a good job everywhere he's been and his record speaks to it. One of the best quarterbacks in the country throwing it to some of the best receivers in the country and then on the defensive side they get some athletes on the edge make it physical and so it's a good football team and uh, we're looking forward to to the challenge
2: how fast is Damian martinez i mean we know how fast gould is and and irish where where is he in terms of just speed because we saw some of that
3: last week yeah he was you know he has some solid speed um he's not the fastest guy on the team um but He's got solid enough speed to be able to break away and, and finish at the goal line.
2: His, his confidence level, do you have any examples of how you're seeing that growing over the last several weeks? In Damian?
3: Yeah. Um, I think Damian does take a good disciplined approach of not just guessing out there. He's got reads when he hand, get him the ball, and he understands how we're blocking it. He's getting to the point he's understanding defensively how they are fitting things. I do think his instincts took over a little bit last week on a couple of cutback plays. That might lead to showing
2: that he's pretty confident in regards to that run that uh deshaun benwick made are you are you okay with hurdling? some coaches are some aren't.
3: right well i we don't try to overcoach it sometimes your instincts just kind of take over and he recognized the defender was going to go low and and try to, to hurdle i don't think we want to make a, a routine of doing it all the time uh, but instincts took over and it was a big time play how
2: do you um uh, when it in terms of measuring how a quarterback is doing and from an offensive efficiency standpoint, how do you measure? What, what's your what are your things that you favor in terms of measuring how a guy's progressing? Well,
3: the overall efficiency number is,
2: is is saying how efficient he is, and so, you know, the
3: touchdown to interception ratio is something we you know take a lot of pride in and want a good number there. Limited mistakes, scoring points, throwing touchdowns. Um, you know, the completion percentage thing. Yeah, we want to be well over fifty percent, but we understand the style that we play, we don't just add to that completion percentage by throwing a bunch of bubble screens and stuff like that. So the overall efficiency, and then the limited errors with scoring points.
4: Coach, at any point during Saturday's game, did you know how close Damien was to breaking that all time record in school history? And was there any conversation with potentially letting them stay in to break that record? Or when it's a blowout, you just decided to take him
3: Yep, we no consideration on stats records at, at that point the game was you know he had the awesome first half the game started to separate um a couple of thoughts when the game starts to separate like that you got other guys on the roster that have I been mean, working hard that have earned opportunities to get in the game and then your your mind does flip to the next opponent and so you want to be as fresh as possible for that and so all those reasons you know damien wasn't needed much
4: You've had a lot of tough matchups over your career here at Oregon State. This matchup against Washington this coming weekend—do you think this is the biggest matchup you've had in your coaching career here in Corvallis?
3: Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, kind of where the season stats or records are at and all that stuff—it makes it big. There's no question um, that that's a good program. they won a lot of games, playing late, you know. So whatever this is, game 11, so you want to play in the biggest games at the end of the
4: year, and, and this this is a big one. Washington's defense has looked at least a little bit more vulnerable over the last couple of weeks compared to what they looked like in the beginning of the season. What are you seeing from them that you feel like you guys can take advantage of specifically here in Corvallis? Yeah, you know, it,
3: everybody gets tape, right? And so there's some good coaches in this league and they challenge. Um, not just specific to Washington defense, everybody in the league, we're seeing some new wrinkles each week. And so that, that is take place. Some of the times these guys are scoring so quickly that that defense is on the field for a while. And so you're going to give up plays when that takes place. I know they run a sound scheme. I know that the line of scrimmage, they're as good as anybody in this league. Um, and they've won low scoring games. They can win high scoring games.
6: As you prepare for Michael Penix is a, what's different from last year and what specifically does he does? that hurts teams. What is uh you know, what what are his strengths?
3: Well, there's a lot of them. He's accurate as all get out. He's got a big-time arm. He's got a, a ton of confidence, which he should, a ton of confidence in giving those guys shots one-on-one. He recognizes coverage. He's not all just throwing it down the field, tuck, chuck and duck type thing. The ability to avoid sacks. He's athletic enough, but he's definitely looking to throw. You're not going to fool him with pressure. The ball comes out of his hands. And so he you know, doesn't take sacks. gives guys chances. Accurate. He stands in there when he needs to. That's why he's one of the best in the country.
2: What did you learn during the 2016 season at washington in terms of you had a lot of big games how did how did you get the team how did you get the team to calm down in these big big type games
3: I'm just reassuring them that they their process on how they prepare week in and week out and that hadn't changed since we got here to to corvallis um yeah it's a big kind big time game but you don't have to do anything out of the ordinary in regards to your preparation all a lot of these games come down to like who doesn't screw it up. I mean, in regards to just do what you're doing, being in the correct gap, running your route at the depth, you know, going through a progression, a lot of outside noise and big games, it still comes back to your focus and preparation.
2: You might be the wrong guy to ask about this, because you're always the home guy and research. But what exactly makes research difficult to plan for a visiting team because it's not obviously a big stadium and what, what what exactly is it is it the way the noise comes down on the field yeah
3: i think it's well yeah it's not the biggest stadium but the energy in this stadium created by our fan base is unique uh not many are like that i think even the travel piece you're not staying right here in corvallis you're staying whether you're in eugene or salem that's a transition of about an hour leading into the game most places you don't have to do that obviously hopefully the the Product of you, that you're playing, the right? The team you're playing, um, so I think those play into it.
2: On a week like this, do you do you just anticipate players being in here more often, watching video and things like uh, uh, the bigger? I mean, even yeah. though you want every week to be yeah. the same, do you expect to see guys in here watching more video? And I don't like
3: know that? about way more. They're definitely going to be in the building. They've been doing that all year, all year long. Um, again, we're sticking to our process. We di- digest the game yesterday against Stanford. Uh, This is the off day. Hopefully they're out going to class uh, today and then yeah, maybe get some early prep on the film. We'll get in there Tuesday morning and talk as a team about the game and and go through our normal routine practice wise. And I don't see it being drastically different.
14: It seems like like last year there was a lot of vendage vendage in the air. Um, I think I said that word wrong. Vengeance, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Kind of after you guys made that bowl game, lost, and then you were able to have a great season and on a bowl victory. And this year, I feel like the expectation was kind of higher. Um, how would you, you describe what, what's motivating this team right now? Is it the big matchup? Is it the week-to-week preparation? Is it the end goal? Just what do you feel like is motivating this team heading into this week?
3: Yeah, I think it's more like our goals and, and our process, what we wanted. These guys are competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, So it, it really is about us. Total, re, you know, we got... Ton of respect for UW coming up in here and what they've done. I don't think there's added hype because we're playing those particular guys. Uh, but you know, they've this team wants to be pretty competitive and win every time we line up.
14: And I know that last week there might not have been. Um, for you guys, it's the same hype every week, but the outside noise, there's obviously a lot more hype for this game than there was maybe the last game. So just how do you control that outside um, distraction, knowing that you might not have, uh, you know, these last two games are probably going to be your biggest outside noise game.
3: Spoke to it a little bit um, yesterday to the team and just credit those guys, their maturity, how they handled last week. Because, yeah, there was easy to maybe overlook, trap game, this kind of narrative out there that came out and played awesome first half and, and left no doubt so fast forward to this week counting on this maturity of this team to understand it's about their process going through throughout the week getting ready um and that that not changing
14: you know just as a head coach now that you're able to kind of put the Stanford game you know behind you focus on on this game just as a head coach like what matchup are you most excited to see? Uh, to prepare for, then, you know, look forward to seeing if your guys execute on Saturday.
3: Yeah, I mean, it could go a lot of ways here. I mean, you know, what they present offensively and, and, again, the challenge that is for our defense to fly around and, and try to slow it down. Now, you're not going to completely stop them, but you can try to slow them down. And what that looks like, vice versa, offensively, you know, opportunity against a good defense. It's good up front. Well, we kind of, we think we're we're solid up front, too, in that, that matchup.
2: Hey, coach. So this Washington receiving team has threats at all the skilled positions in the receiving room, running backs,
8: tight ends. How how do you really attack and approach when you know if you double up on the first guy, the second guy is going to take a head
3: off? Yeah, it's hard because they, they got multiple options, and it's not just the receiver room. They got some big time wideouts, no question. But the tight ends catching a bunch of balls, the back out of the backfield, and they're starting to run the ball the last few weeks and being really effective doing that. And so. And then you throw it in with the one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So it's tough to just focus in on one thing. You want to play well. We're going to have to play some matchups one-on-one and win those. Sometimes we're going to have help some coverage, but we got to create some issues for the quarterback in the pocket, not letting this guy sit there forever. And so you need to mix and match the thing.
8: Uh, Aiden Childs in your quarterback room has just really continued to excel. He looked great versus Stanford. Is there any... You know pressure to play him a little bit more in this matchup or do you not want to compromise dj's rhythm
3: yeah because that's right the dj's rhythm and he's played really well i think dj had like six series he had six touchdowns and so we're always trying to balance that i do i think it's been effective the way we've done it with the third series aiden's gone out there i think now we're at four or six in that third series of him scoring some points dj's gotten back in there and so that rhythm has worked well uh turning the attention to the defense what have you seen out of chatfield so far this season i mean
8: top five in sacks in the Pac-12 and in interceptions as well too. How has he stepped up this season from last last year to this year?
3: Yeah, he's uh, he stepped up in a big way. Uh, he just shows up in the backfield, obviously not being in the right spots, but actually catching the ball on interceptions, not always that easy. And it, it's a great story for him. I mean, he's been working hard and had to you know, turn this season into the type of thing he's having. He earns a lot of that credit for the work ethic and, and getting put in the right positions.
4: Uh, and in terms of injuries for this
3: week, is there anybody new that we don't know about yet or guys that are right. kind of headed in this week? You know, I think big ones are. be, we'll see where Levin Good is at the, uh, the end of the week. We're optimistic, but, you know, that'll be an end of the week thing. I think we came out of it okay. We'll, we'll kind of see Grant Stark, who got dinged a little bit. That'll be something toward the end of the week to find out. I think Coop uh, came out okay. Um, yeah, those are the kind of headline pieces.
5: Coach, what about Calvin Hart Jr.'s game this past Saturday, how physical he was?
3: Yeah, productive, a no, bunch of tackles being in the right spot. I think he's played back-to-back weeks, his best ball since he's been here, which is uh, which is really nice to see.
5: You mentioned uh, Washington being able to run the ball, 2.56 and one hundred four back back-to-back for their back. So how good is that back and the ability now making them even more dangerous to hurt you both
3: Yeah, I mean, when you can be balanced multiple like that, you can't just focus on one side of it, um, makes it really hard. I think their schematics are tough too. I mean, the guys aren't just lining up in the same formation and running the same place. I mean, they give you some pre-snap looks, they got some tempo to it, um, unbalanced, got motion that you gotta keep your eyes right. And so all of that, when you mix in the run game, your eyes are wrong, those those runs go for creases. Uh, Yeah, they got big time receiver quarterback thing, but you can't abandon stopping the run.
5: Sheer arm strength on both sides in this one from DJU to Michael Penix. I mean, are we talking about pretty elite level arms this Saturday?
3: Yeah, arm talent, strength. Um, Yeah, I can remember last year Penix were up there and it's blowing pretty good wind wise. He's throwing that thing right through the wind, tight spirals. I mean, good player. And yeah, DJ's got a good arm and easy. DJ's playing at a high level too.
14: Since uh, the game against Oregon and Washington has kind of had some close games, do you guys look at the consistency all of the team? Do you just look at the win? Do you simply just look at the film? Like, what does that say about kind of your opponent that you prepare for, but also your team's consistency throughout the past couple
3: weeks? Yeah, I mean, we speak to these games are going to be tight. These games are going to go down to the fourth quarter, give credit to UW. They found ways to win in different ways this year, and so that's what really good teams do. Um, like I said, mentioned some games where they yeah, they ain't lighting the scoreboard up on a couple, most of them high-scoring, they're finding a way to finish. And so anticipating that
4: this will be something similar, come down to the fourth quarter in this one. Coach, you guys offensively probably had your best performance all season long last week against Stanford. Where is the team's offensive level confidence heading into this weekend's matchup, and do you think it's where it needs to be heading against Washington?
3: I think you, yeah. Anytime you you come, you play well, it adds to your confidence. I think their confidence comes from their preparation and on how they worked, and then the plan put together and buying in and executing that thing. Each week is going to be new. This is going to be new scheme defensively, new players, and all of that. And so the they understand what they're capable of and are uh, confident that if they put in some work they can put out a good performance
5: coach last thing and, and that is the all the talk about Washington's offense that defense last week gave up 306 yards in the first half to Utah and then just shut them out in the second half i mean yep. it was, is it just game adjustments played better in matchups? What did you see?
3: Oh, I think you, you talk about a competitive group. However, the first half goes, they can make some adjustments and then play for four quarters. Give that staff some credit on the defensive side for yeah adjustments and emphasizing some things maybe they didn't in the first half. And to anybody in this league to shut them out for a full half, that's big time defense.
6: All right, there we go. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Sessions with Sarah upcoming. Your, your text as well. All right here on the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio.
8: The Hardwood Center has decades of experience in providing specialty hardwood products and services to local woodworkers, contractors, and homeowners. Featuring many species of hardwood lumber, plywood, and locally milled slabs, a wide selection of hardwood flooring, and more, the Hardwood Center's expert staff will help you select the best products for your project. Stop by or call the Hardwood Center on Highway 34 between Albany and Corvallis. The Mid-Valley's one-stop shop for fine hardwood products. Online at thehardwoodcenter.com. Go Beeves.
10: Need a passport or visa picture for any foreign country, including Canada? Wise Photo Printing can help. Need to transfer an old video or film to a digital format? Wise Photo Printing can help. Looking to restore or manipulate an image, or do you need a high-resolution scan of a print negative or a slide? Wise Photo Printing can help. They have a self-service kiosk, too. Wise Photo Printing, Sixth and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis, helping you get it done. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 until 6.
5: Touchdown, Beavers!
1: If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com.
10: Come taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy mouth-watering made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh spices featuring a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and takeout, out 1130 to 230 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily, except on Tuesdays. Evergreen Indian Restaurant on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and on West 7th in Eugene. See the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com.
0: Why is Woodstock's Pizza all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people? Because no matter who you are or where you're from, you can create the perfect pizza at Woodstock's. So you can choose from over 35 fresh toppings, 4 made fresh daily crust options, several cheese options including vegan and dairy free, and 6 sauce options including vegan and dairy free. All to go along with your choice of dine-in, takeout, or delivery to most of Corvallis. So, Woodstock's Pizza is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. Woodstock's Pizza, King's Boulevard in Corvallis.
8: Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 758 Two four five edward jones number sipc
5: this is oregon state wide receiver anthony gould and you are listening to the home of the beavers on 1240 joe radio
6: all right so we've got a sessions with sarah coming up here in just a moment and we welcome you back to the jack and jenny wilborn media room we have completed our session with coach jonathan smith and uh getting ready for this uh, game with Washington, this was, I think, one of the first times or the first time we haven't really talked about his history and relationship there. It was all about the, the team, the, the, the individual players and Penix and, and others. So it was um, maybe we're, maybe we're making a a step forward in that respect, but uh, give us a, uh, a text on the text line. We'll try to get to all of them on the, 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 University Honda text line 541-497-5356 and it's your opportunity now for sessions with Sarah and we welcome Sarah Elcano here to the program and Michael how do you want to how do you want to begin this Sarah sessions well, with Sarah
5: you, Senior Associate uh, uh, Director of Athletics for the past 13 years in external operations and on top of everything, I guess, let, let's at least while well, we review a little bit over this past weekend, Hall of Fame weekend, we'll get to some highlights, high points. We'll also take calls and emails or texts on the down, uh, University on the text line calls on the downward dog phone line. But let's at least deal with what we were talking about and hinting at a week ago today as you sat here. And that was, well, if the Beavers win and Washington wins, it's most likely, mm-hmm. most likely, mm-hmm. college game day is coming. Now, that ship is sailed. They're not. It's an old story now. a lot of people are saying get off of it move on they're not coming so what mm-hmm. and forget them but there was a sense of preparation and anticipation on your part and the university's part and facilities part and so on and i think we were all taken a little bit by surprise were you a little surprised that they're not
15: coming i was a bit surprised yeah i mean we found out during the game that they had made the decision to go somewhere else so it stings a little when you find out during the game, but it helped that we were, you know, doing pretty, pretty well on <laughs> yeah. the field. Yeah, it helps ease in the blow there. I, You're mostly disappointed for the fans and, and the student-athletes in the program because I think, you know, really both, right? The fans, we've sold out every game for the last two years. I think we're 17-1 and one in our last 18 home games. Um, so it's an incredible atmosphere with student-athletes that I think have done, you know, Everything they've been asked to do to position themselves for us to be able to tell the story of what's going on here nationally. So that that being a missed opportunity, uh, frustrating. You know, we were we were ready to go. We had a document with ideas, and I think we would have maximized the opportunity. But now you just okay on to the next thing. And
5: and one last thought on that. You know, John Canzano I thought wrote a nice piece in in his bald face truth uh, site about. It was a missed opportunity maybe for us, but also for ESPN to, to maybe, you know, come into what some may have perceived as a hornet's nest. And maybe they would have been subject to some criticism and volatility and some less than kind signs about whatever culpability ESPN, Fox and the powers that be in the college football world had. And in putting us in a situation where we're all in tomorrow <laughs> in county, but that's the world we're in you had documents they could have told the Oregon State story and I think even taken on the reality that Oregon State is in and found a way to make it look at this university here they are facing these kind of uncertain circumstances If they're the number 10 team in the country look at these facilities look at all they have going for them they may have come in for some criticism but I also think they could have helped tell that story too
15: I think what's interesting when you're when you're in charge right when you're producing you can Control the story entirely, mm-hmm. and they they could have gone either direction. They could have dove into realignment. They could have avoided it completely. We have plenty of storylines otherwise. We you know we can talk about completing research stadium, our former fiestable quarterback being the head coach. We got walk-ons from in-state who are on scholarships now. I mean, there's just storyline after storyline. So it and i i say all this the what james madison that that's an interesting storyline story, it's a story there. Too. absolutely yeah. as well mm-hmm. um so it, no discredit there and i love when, when game day mixes it up and they mm-hmm. go to a variety of places i don't need to see the alabama lsu mm-hmm. game day again you know that gets a little tired i actually don't tune in for those sometimes i i tune into the montana montana mm-hmm. state one last yeah. year so no discredit to them you know happy happy that they have that opportunity but, yeah, you, you can take stories any direction you want to tell them. And
5: as Tom Water said, okay, that's the story. They're not coming. Use it as fuel. Use it, you know, for the team to say, okay, what else do we have to do? As you say, well, I guess we need to go beat Washington now. And continue this amazing story. And Jonathan just said, Sarah, as we kind of transition into maybe this past weekend, some of your thoughts coming out of it, looking ahead to the Huskies, 4.30 on Saturday. The stadium itself, the fan experience, the boost the fans give and Beamer Nation gives to the team. Jonathan touched on it, and it's real. And you're expecting more of that come Saturday.
15: The only thing he missed, I was hoping he specifically said it's the chainsaw. (laughs) The chainsaw is the difference. And Miley, (laughs) he forgot two things. No, he had a great. He introduced
5: a
6: different song. You you had Miley on, but you had another one.
15: There's two sing-alongs, so yes, this to solve the uh, debate. I'll mm-hmm, call it, last mm-hmm. season, we agreed Miley's going to be played every game. We're not voting on it because <laughs> there was some allegations, false allegations that we were fixing the vote. <laughs> so we play Miley every game and then there's a different sing-along where we put three choices up on the board. The fans vote by cheering and then we play that one later in the game.
5: And you had, since you've been gone again, right? We Kelly did. Clarkson, and and the, it seemed like a big hit.
15: Fans are singing along, yeah.
5: That's fantastic. What else about the weekend, Sarah? We'll get to questions, comments here in a moment, but all that was going on, it was kind of a, a sprawling kind of weekend, touching so many different sports and Veterans Day and the flyover and the flag. I mean, it, I just thought it was a beautiful celebration of our, of our nation, our veterans, our thankfulness to, to all the veterans that I thought was communicated very well by, the, by all involved with this presentation this past weekend. Then the game itself but all the Hall of Famers on the field, what a tremendous atmosphere all weekend. What did you think of the whole experience over the weekend itself?
15: Beginning to end, I, I thought it couldn't have gone better. And it's almost hard to to unpack it all because there was so much you don't want to forget anything. But, I, I mean, men's basketball, the double overtime win, women's basketball, that's a good Villanova team that, that they beat yesterday with their inside power. So, But as far as football goes, I think that might have been the coolest flyover we've ever done. When they came in that low, I'm thinking – I'd like to keep the video board for the last home game. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean that was that was great. Um, on field flag always just looks amazing mm-hmm. visually. Um, but I, you know, one thing there, the the decal that the team had on their helmets, um, the pattern of the camo within the numerals, and then we painted the the logo at midfield. We told this story on social media, but you know, some folks might have missed it that camo pattern, the shapes within there are actually the shapes of counties within the state of Oregon. Oh. And so it, it was done internally by by Keith Warner, our graphic designer, and just done so well and meant to represent, you know, those from all over the state who have served in the military.
6: Who who paints and does field painting and stuff? Because, I mean, just not the average paint job person, right?
15: No, that's, that's an outside group, and we have them every single time we're doing something on the field because they definitely know what they're doing
6: yeah that's really good should we start in yes. on the no, man, on the no. thing uh, Tyler wrote in to say a bunch of stuff we can talk about besides outside of with Sarah but finally able to switch my tickets last week so my dad didn't have to climb stairs so please tell Sarah thank you for the information last week that was where you know one one week uh, you can do things and then things happen and they can't and need need some ADA stuff so you guys hit it right on that um, also, please ask Sarah, how much food was collected in the Safeway-Tillamook food drive last Saturday?
15: Three industrial-size bins were collected, so it was, it was a great response, huge success, Excellent. hopefully we, we can keep that going in future seasons. Right.
5: Thank you everyone who contributed to that uh, tremendous effort, and thanks to Safeway and Tillamook for sponsoring the Damn Hunger tailgate um
6: okay let's see a lot of these are just re- responding to what we were talking okay. about earlier. here's one question for sarah i have not cleared this so let's see here uh from dave i could clearly hear the chainsaw from my house on saturday this is the first time i've heard anything from the stadium this season that sound system might need some more adjustments to avoid complaints from Northtown. I live in northwest Corvallis off Circle Boulevard near the Osborne Aquatic Center. That's way out there.
5: Have you it's heard not it?
15: too far. No, I mean, I used to live like up like half a mile <laughs> as the crow flies, right?
5: It's not very far. I, no, man, this Platter is. I'm going to
15: have that. to behave here in my response because, yes, we have to keep the volume at a safe level. But it's like, man, if you're going to hear one thing across the city and you're going to hear the chainsaw noise, mm-hmm. It's like a rally cry right it's what's going on in Corvallis we'll keep it at safe levels it's interesting you would hear that and not anything else because it's it's balanced right we don't move it up for the change I say turn noise. it up
5: okay tell me as John looks for the next query on the University Honda text line Sarah you it, you you've sort of hired or sent out a secret shopper how did that go how
15: had a, had a couple but I, I I have to give a shout out to Bill who uh, no, no last name shared, but Bill walked around the stadium and checked for coffee everywhere. <laughs> hot beverages, hot chocolate yeah. as well. And it was everywhere that he looked. And same with, with a couple others that I had. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that we didn't miss a single stand because I think I had a secret shopper at every one of them. Excellent.
6: I noticed that they took away the self-punching menus at the, the one that I frequent the most to get a hamburger any reason i mean i didn't we did one that was, another, Yeah, it was that fine. was
15: strategic now they're meant to be self-serving at that one particular location we've had some issues with lines getting long
12: mm-hmm.
15: orders getting in so quickly on the self-serving kiosk that then your back of house your kitchen isn't keeping up with them that led to delays in the food so we just and that was also part of the coffee issue so folks weren't coffee was an option on there but it was a one more kind of click touch to get to it mm-hmm. um so we just flipped them around at that one location, and it went a lot smoother this game.
6: Yeah, the lines were straight, and they had a whole bunch of burgers and fries
5: already done and under the heat lamp. So it was, it, there was not a huge crowd. It was great. Sarah, how did, in your, in your experience, the sound system that you were made adjustments to and added elements to it? How did that work out based on what you've been hearing from people?
15: It was better. Um, you know, probably a quarter and a half I would say it was definitely improved and then we started getting you know you can test it and then you get a full stadium in there and the sound waves start doing different things so halftime maybe just after halftime we actually shut off the new west side speakers They'll be amazing when they're integrated with the real system. But when you're mixing it with a temporary system, we raised the height of the temporary system um, in order to change how that sound was projecting. I think that went really well, and that was able to, to carry us for the rest of the game. So
5: are we, is for the last home game now here against Washington, is, It will it be a similar type of uh, system that you have going Saturday?
15: It will, yes. And
6: you use, you do it during the game, so you can use the crowd as guinea pigs for how full stadium does, right?
15: yes we you know we have our sound technicians but then we bring in an outside group but when they're testing it during the week yeah it's it's an empty stadium so it's a little bit different
6: for sarah uh love the flyovers this year please tell us logistics of transporting the flyover crew to be on field later in the game
15: so they always land well, I shouldn't say always. It depends on the aircraft. Sometimes they end up landing in Corvallis, Salem, or Eugene, and then they'll they'll drive to the game, and we're happy to give them some comp tickets and thank them for what they did.
5: Okay, Sarah. While well, while well, you look up the next one, John. Another quick question about Saturday: Are there you know what what's happening around the game before, during, et cetera, This Saturday, the Huskies in town at four thirty.
15: I think the big one always at the last home game is senior day. And this, you know, we're, we're still kind of getting the final names in here, but this should be a really large group that's obviously made a huge impact on the program. And we will probably start that 22 minutes left um, on the game clock. So please arrive early and be inside the stadium to give those guys, you know, the applause reception that they deserve. That, that's the earliest I think we've ever started a senior ceremony in my time.
5: So many, uh, so many people who have meant so much to the program that we'll get, and and we hope that the fans will will show their appreciation. The Hall of Fame was a large class, and you had to kind of pick your spots in terms of they weren't all introduced at one time. No, and you you
6: teased that, and I thought it was was great. great. I thought it was great. Everybody
5: had their moment, but I don't think there's any doubt. I couldn't hear fully, but did Steven Jackson get the loudest cheer of all?
15: i'm not picking a favorite okay I, it sounded I'm like not. that to
5: me anyway doc i mean is that possible nobody's commenting that me. was quick ron callen she yay.
6: answered i'm not gonna mess with that very quickly top three. Okay. steven is a pretty is good answer
5: still a pretty big physical
15: force though Gosh, so you know amazing. i think i will i will validate yeah I mean, steven loud had the, the largest response yes
6: i i thought i liked it i noticed you had said we're going to do things a little different and it gave each group and uh, a little bit more love because it was smaller um okay for sarah we have a great marching band unfortunately the band announcer is so over the top average uh overshadows and drowns them out hate to criticize the person's style but it's detrimental to the performance of hundreds maybe just turn the mic down thank you
15: he does an incredible job um he, I think that's a sound system issue with with this year, and when you change people that are on the mic and possibly adjusting levels, so that that's feedback we can look at for this last game, and it's just how you you speak into it, right? Like I'm talking different into my headset than John is right now, yeah. so we can adjust that. He's but he's been doing it for a few seasons now. Um, the guy prior to him was long time, a couple decades. So great personality he had. He has does good on the fly too.
5: Oh, so there's more for there's Sarah. tons. Okay. Well, Sarah, Many. can you hang around a little longer and double down with us on a session with Sarah? We need one final break. We'll close and get to line them up and get to all the questions and comments for Sarah Elcano. And we'll get a quick thought too about what unfolds since she's uh, external operations, external to the city of Corvallis in a different county tomorrow, a pretty big day. Mm-hmm. President Murphy said she's expecting a win. She told Ron Callen that on the broadcast the other day. So. We'll we'll hit on that briefly, too, and we'll wrap things up with Sarah. If you want to call, she's got the headset on. We can patch a call through via the Downward Dog phone line, 497-5356 on Joe Radio.
1: Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis, and they represent numerous insurance companies. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eaves, Taylor Starr, Tom Earth or Chad Sherwood. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team. Always putting you first. For auto glass
2: solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glass Man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man.
10: Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011.
1: If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Call or stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278.
8: Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, the Kubota L-2501 tractor is part of a tractor lineup rated number one in durability and owner experience. And it's on display now at Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent. The L-2501 tractor features a Kubota diesel engine and is easy to operate. See Lynn Benton Tractor today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. Lynn
1: Benton Tractor We're still doing business the American way.
10: The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom, full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves. If you're fed up with dirty grout lines, maybe it's time to consider cultured marble. Hi, I'm Katie Albin at Albin's Plumbing in Corvallis. Cultured marble is an affordable way to get the look of marble, and the best part is no grout lines. Affordable and easy to maintain. Come by our showroom on 9th Street in Corvallis and see the beautiful look of cultured marble.
0: At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754 8282, Plumbing
10: stargazer premier florist in corvallis knows that the holiday season is a special time with special meaning with a focus on connecting with families and friends choose from stargazer premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements bountiful bouquets gift baskets and house plants always delivered fresh for any occasion stop in call or view Stargazer's selection online at stargazer premier florist.com stargazer premier florist 925 northwest circle boulevard in corvallis
0: K-E-J-O,
2: 1240, Joe
6: Radio. All right, continuing our session with Sarah, trying to get to all the texts if we can, a couple of phone calls. Uh, we got two callers on the line. Bill, let's get to Paul first, though. Paul, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show.
9: Yeah, hey, uh, John. Hey, Mike, real quick for you. Uh, when I was on Simple Radio at the station uh, they're at the game, you were at eight oh nine on
11: the third quarter clock, and the clock is actually at five thirty four. So you're almost three minutes behind on the
9: radio.
5: Yeah, Paul, I made that one mistake during the game when I looked at the clock and, and looked at the the monitor in my room because the clock had completely gone. That is a problem when there's no auxiliary board that shows the the, the down and distance well, and time we clock. Well,
6: got someone and here. And Paul,
5: you're right. I did. You're right. You're absolutely right. I did that. What? Well,
6: well, why is that? No. Mike, it was nothing you did. It, it,
9: you, you were right. You were 809. You were almost two touch. You came close to being two touchdowns behind on the call. It was a, the leg time. I think it was the Wi-Fi at the stadium that caused the leg time.
6: Do you have a question for Sarah, Paul?
9: Yes, yes. I sit in section 128 down there in the ADA, and there's two speakers in each corner there, and neither one of those speakers are working.
15: Right. That's Not the even in the first system. half. Yep, those. That's the old system, and so they're slowly taking down the old system so that they can install the new one entirely.
9: I got it. Okay. Yeah, we just couldn't hear any of the calls from the from the officials. So I mean, that that was the only thing we missed.
6: Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. We'll talk to you later. Uh, let's go to Bill. Bill Chisholm is waiting on the line. Bill, uh, do you have a question for Sarah or anybody? Well, Welcome. Well, to I you. have
13: a comment. I am your coffee spy, Sarah, and. Um, (laughs) I'm happy to do that. I went to every stand on the east side, and everybody had coffee, which I reported in my email to you this morning. But I wanted to thank you personally for the little spiff that you left for me at the local booth. That was night. I bought coffee and hot chocolate for everybody in my section.
15: Well, perfect. We appreciate you doing the the secret shopping. Behind-the-scenes work for us. (laughs)
13: Thank you, Bill. Sure, and if you need a spy for anything else, you just let me know. I'm happy to get help.
15: We might. Not Michigan-style, but just Yeah, that's
13: right. Yeah. All, no, all no I won't, I won't, I won't the video of the signals, no. <laughs> no. But I just wanted to say thank you since uh, I had a chance to say it over the air.
6: Good stuff. Hey, thanks for calling in, Bill. Have a great day. Sure. All right, so let's get back to the, uh, the text here on the University Honda text line. I have two tickets. This is from Dean from Eugene. Two tickets in the front row in Section 16, right above the concourse, above the students. In the past, the security people kept people from standing in the area right above the students, so our ability to see the whole field was not hampered. The last game, security did not keep the fans from standing there. Dean from Eugene.
15: So the Stanford game is the one he's saying the last? That's interesting. I felt like we had it better patrolled this last game than we have the other one. So what happens there, and this is, This is a ripple effect. Um, So students, when we were able to sell alcohol stadium-wide a few seasons ago, part of the agreement was that students would not be able to have alcohol in the student section. Even if they're 21, well over 21, uh, any students in the student section know alcohol. So what we are seeing because of that, and we have seen it ever since then, um, the students who are 21 and want to purchase a drink can't take it down they don't want to miss the game and stand out on the you know the inside concourse and so they will stand above the student section we are working on a conversation in the off season that would consider making a section of the student section you would have to add a few staff right but Mm -hmm. but you know you wristband the 21 and older students if you want to get a drink and go to the section this is the area you would go to and hopefully that would alleviate you know some of that gathering there
6: (laughs) Here's a question, are you going to put the schedule up on the back of the scoreboard at some point?
15: We are not, we are going to go with very pretty general branding there instead of the schedule.
6: Okay, out of popcorn on west side, upper level concessions before halftime.
15: I will follow up on that one. Do they not have
6: machines or do they just have big bags?
15: They pop it in the back and transport it to each stand
6: far away so if, it, if you run out it has to come from on the other side of the stadium
15: no that's the benefit to the the west side project. So now you have a kitchen on both sides of the stadium hmm. um, so my guess would be they got a bunch of calls right at the same time stuck up in the queue didn't get the popcorn there
6: here's another sound issue 234 sound isn't great reverberation if the stadium's empty it's fine any noise at all it would help our fan experience to hear every word the sing-along hour section can't do i, I think that until next year It's just going to be a sound issue all over the place. Um, My wife went to a game for the first time and sat and said she couldn't hear anything, and I told her what's been going, and she goes, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's just, what are you going to do?
15: Yeah, I mean, the only shot at it being resolved was the main parts of the system arriving and they have not arrived yet, and plus there'll be an installation, period,
6: so. All right, Um, here's another one. Sorry to be negative. It's okay, but the sound system was still awful. Unfortunately, we were on the new side and couldn't hear any of the introductions, the entire game, and the DJ still needs to play more upbeat, sing-along energizing songs or let the the band play more like they used to. Okay. By the way, it's a very funny scene. It makes me laugh to see the opposing band (laughs) In the far reaches of the wing.
5: Will that be the case this Saturday? Absolutely. Sure. It's Go uh it makes
6: me laugh. Here's another one. Uh, any giveaways planned for the for commemorating the last official Pac-12 game at Research? Jay?
15: We don't know yet, Jay, if it's the last Pac-12 right, 12 because game. Because the we'll brand could it, we'll,
5: still be alive. We'll right? see
15: what happens yeah. tomorrow. What court. about
5: that, Sarah? Well, John cues up a last one. I was gonna ask you about it. What about tomorrow, its importance? President Murphy says expecting a win, quote-unquote. I mean, just what are your thoughts about tomorrow in Whitman County?
15: It's absolutely a huge—I mean, it's as it's big as a non-game day really gets around here. And so uh, interested. I think we're feeling good about our chances. Um, we'll see what Judge Judge Gary decides to do over there. But yeah, we'll we'll react and adjust and I think there's plans to all the possible outcomes and so hopeful for tomorrow
5: we hear from our friend Alan Thayer the attorney of innovative law group and Eugene who will join us Wednesday he said let's just say the when comes and and, and tell us what that if if the judge rules for Washington State and Oregon say what has he ruled but Alan says Washington will likely appeal then and we we still won't have closure for a while is that your sense of things
15: yeah, I mean, they absolutely, any of the 10 schools could choose to appeal. Um, what does
5: the win, quote unquote, mean exactly tomorrow? Yeah, if, we if get... it was a
15: win. Well, really, really, yeah. we're looking for two wins tomorrow. Yeah, it's a doubleheader. We, because first, you know, there's, there's what Washington filed. And so that will be the first ruling Um first ruling of the day and then they'll get into the initial case that Washington State and us jointly filed. Um, So potentially two rulings tomorrow. You could have one and the other one takes longer. Um, Appeal process would take a long time. You know, I think the one path out of that would be, you know, can they come to some resolution prior to then? So we'll see. There's a lot of possible outcomes.
6: Uh, Last thing, the music's rolling. We've got about 40 seconds and that is um, a, a request to keep the score on the scoreboard while you're filing out. I think it means – it says, please leave our winning scores on the
5: board after the game. <laughs> okay, I see.
15: Oh, instead of the Beaves win, taking over the whole thing.
5: Yeah. Okay. And the auxiliary scoreboard thing that Paul brought up, yeah, 15. I mean, there, I, I look around at times for down distance and time on the clock at the end of a yeah. play and what big plays going on don't always see it so i don't know if that's something that could be addressed for next year too something that's always auxiliary so i don't make the egregious mistake i made see you guys tomorrow
2: kejo corvallis and translator k2290i corvallis the home of the beavers 1240 joe radio